Welcome to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch. This is a podcast of conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology. With me today is Rami Weiss. He's the CEO of HealthShare, whose mission is to improve patient health outcomes using digital solutions. Over the past few years, HealthShare has developed a raft of different solutions for doctors and patients to ultimately serve up better health information, which leads to happier, healthy people. Rami also previously founded Boomerator.com, an online decision guide helping people age 50 and over make better informed life choices. He's also the founding member of Startmate, an Australian startup accelerator who offers mentorship and seed financing to founders of internet and software businesses based in Australia. Rami, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, Peter. How are you doing? Doing well, thanks. Good. How yourself? Good, good. I, um, I'm, I'm amazing. Amazing. New year. <laughs> Feeling the vibe. And you came all the way from a couple of meters away. You walked to the studio today. I think you're one of the That's first right. to walk. Beautiful but, day out. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Love it. So, but, and it's been hard to, I think we've tried to schedule uh, this interview for at least 47 years because <laughs> you've been traveling, I've been traveling, the stars have not aligned, but today's the day. So we made it. We finally. made it. We're here. Let's, let's make something of it. Give us the, the rundown. Health share. What is it? Who's it for? And what problem does it solve? Sure. So HealthShare started in 2010. So this is actually our 10th year. Wow. And the company started from our chairman, Gavin Solsky, and his wife, who were having some family health issues and back in, in 2010. And they were searching around online to look for uh, information to help them make a better informed decision uh, for this health issue that they were going through. And thankfully, everything worked out okay. But sort of in the process of them doing this research, they found websites like WebMD and Mayo Clinic and all these international sites, but no actual Australian focused sites that helped them get information from Australian patients, local information, local resources that could actually help them make a better informed decision. Mm. So they thought well, there's nothing out there. Let's make an investment and actually create this company to try and give this quality evidence-based information to Australian patients who are searching for a health condition or medication or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, and that was how the company originally started. Yeah. And so that was, so when it originally started, it was like, so if I've been diagnosed with something or if I'm worried about, like, if like, because some people just Google everything, right? Well, that's what you do, right? You're yeah. feeling, if you've got a cough and then you find out that you, you could have a hundred different things because you Googled it. But is it about that or is it when you've been diagnosed and then how to look after it? Or is it a bit about Well, I think it was a combination and it was also about who the right, what the right service is or who the right person is to go and yeah. see. Yeah. So it might be nice that WebMD has a great summary of a certain health condition, mm. but who's the right medical professional to go and see yeah. about that? Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot, obviously, that goes into the yeah. healthcare decision-making process. It's like, now what do I do? Yeah, exactly. So over 10 years, it's, it's obviously grown a fair bit. You've got quite a few offerings. Uh, on that. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the business has absolutely evolved in many ways over 10 years as, as uh, that period of time would lend itself to. But essentially at the core, the business has always been about trying to provide better quality information to help inform better decision making, as you mentioned in the beginning of the segment. Mm. Uh, and essentially, we've got two key parts that the business breaks up into. One is around trying to help patients make better informed health decisions. And there's a range of different areas that we've focused on over the years. And the second part is helping doctors inside their consultations 
have all the information at their fingertips to make a better informed decision as well. Mm. So that might be about the right specialist to send their patient um, if they're making a referral, or it might be about having access to high quality information at their fingertips to give to the patient. So when they walk out, it's not just the verbal information the doctor's given them, but also written information that they can walk in, uh, with their hands and walk out of the practice as well with. So in many different ways, we're trying to help the health professional as well as the patient and giving them that information at their fingertips. Because, yeah. you know, I've I go to the doctor and then normally afterwards the doctor might print out a piece of paper for me that talks about, you know, the condition they've they've diagnosed me with. So does that bit of paper come from you? Essentially, that's what the exactly, and that's one of the uh, one of the components of of our of our platform as it exists today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got like all these other kind of bits and pieces too for the doctors, and so I'm I'm imagining you integrate with the practice management systems and all that uh, absolutely. Uh, so about. Probably six years ago now, we integrated with both medical director and then best practice mm. um, on the GP side. And that was just the realization that for GPs, things need to be available quickly at their fingertips. All of our tools are trying to save GPs time in their consults or allow them to make better quality clinical decisions and improve that quality clinical care. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then, yeah, I mean, you're driving to two different vehicles, like, so which, is, which should be fun on a day-to-day you've got the selling to doctors part which is which is hard and then you've got the the i guess um not whether it's selling to patients or 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 advertising marketing to patients which is usually pretty expensive to get the word out how do you there are a lot of challenges to deal with on a day-to-day does that ring true to an extent but what we found from the health professional perspective from the gp perspective having the integrations into the clinical software is a key component. So we've mm-hmm. built all of our tools to make it really quick and easy for the GP and to not put any friction in place for them to access our information or our tools. Yeah. So that helps from the uptake perspective. And we've seen a tremendous uptake from GPs on the products that we offer them over the years from a combination of us making it easy to, to use, but also from the education, going to conferences, doing trainings with doctors, just generally growing our brand to, to doctors. But interestingly, many doctors don't actually know that they're using our tools, even though they're uh, they're using them on a daily basis. So yeah, right. we definitely have to do better to get the word out about that HealthShare is the company behind all yeah. these tools. But yeah. often in conferences, they're like, "Oh, we don't know HealthShare," and then we'll show them the tools and they're like, "Ah, oh, we oh, use that yeah. all the time." Yeah. So, so they don't. So the, the the doctor doesn't buy it unless someone else buys it, or is it? Yes, it's quite a unique model. So we don't charge patients or GPs for our tools. We make them available for free. And where we make our money from other organizations that can contribute content into our tools that deliver value to the patient, to the GP. So for example, we've got a high quality specialist directory. We think the best quality specialist directory in the country. And that lists all the private practicing specialists and relevant allied practitioners, including their subspecialties, special interest areas, hospital affiliations, languages spoken. And most recently, we also added in the last few years through partnerships with private health insurers, whether a specialist participates in the gap scheme or not for that insurer, uh, and they're out of pocket costs for a certain procedure. Mm. Uh, So we've looked at it in a very holistic way and said, if the GP or the patient's making a decision about who the right specialist is to go and see, cost is an important factor, location, clinical expertise, a whole range of different things. 
how do we take all these different disparate information sources and put it into one spot and make it easily searchable by the GP or the patient? Yeah. So where we make our money is from insurers that will pay us to make that information available to the GP and, and patient, mm. uh, from hospitals who will make the list of specialists that operate out of their hospitals available to the GP and to the patient. Yeah. Um, we've come up with creative ways that doesn't uh, undercut the utility value of the directory, but can ensure that they have all the information and a way for us to monetize without hurting the the friction involved. Yeah, and it sounds like you've found that kind of balance between, you know, if it was a directory where people just paid to be on the directory, it would kind of, like, as exactly. a doctor, I'd kind of be like, well, I'm just looking at whoever paid the most money. Exactly. But it doesn't sound like that's the, the case. E- exactly. No, every health professional uh, can create a profile in the directory. They can add as much information as they want. Mm. And then we have a premium offering that allows them to either protect or grow their practice. So interestingly, there's a lot of a lot of data showing that the number of specialists entering private practice is growing quicker than population growth in general. Hmm. And broadly, you probably know that people are leaving private health insurance at a macro level. So you've got mm. less patients in private health care. The specialists are having more competition from other specialists entering the market. And some of the interesting data we've seen from our healthshare.com.au website, which is growing um, like crazy. We just had every week sort of a record, record <laughs> traffic. But we're seeing really strong interest from patients and GPs who use the directory to do their research around who the right health professional is to go and see. So you sort of got these trends where there's more specialists entering the market, you've got less people in private health insurance, so more people competing for those same patients, and patients are much more empowered to do their research. So we've sort of taken that approach of being independent patient first. We don't align ourselves with any groups. We try and provide all the information and then take a step back and then let um, the GP or the patient do their research and decide what's best for them. That's awesome. That's that's nice. Nice. How does it? How does a patient find you? Because as, as a patient, there's so much information out there. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of different ways. Organically, we rank really well in the search mm. engines, so mm. that's a big source. We power the health insurers find a provider websites. Okay. So if I'm looking for a certain health insurer, I'm on their website and I look for find a provider. We power that, which therefore drives a lot of traffic back to our website. We've got partnerships with not for profits and others where our information's shown. There's a range of different ways that uh, mm. we've got through um, different media publications. We have our, our content published. There's, so there's lots of different ways. Yeah, right. Just back to the directory kind of thing too. How do you manage that on a day to day? So you, you've got an office here in Sydney. Do you have just people constantly updating the, the database? Is that literally what it is? That's that's certainly one one source <laughs> of how we do it. So yeah. we've got a, an awesome team that, that focuses on keeping the data up to date. Yeah. But what's, uh, what else is really great is we've got lots of other sources that we use to combine. So, for example, we've got specialists and practice managers around the country and, and allied practices who will contact us and let us know their mm. information's out of date mm. um, when that happens because they know that our data is on the GP uh, software and therefore it's important to keep it up to date. Sure. Uh, we've got information, for example, from the hospitals who provide us the specialists that operate out of there. We've got their data. We've got information from the health insurers about the claims data and we make that available through the directory. So we've got lots of different sources and then we normalize that into a single source of truth and then make that available to as many different channels as we can. Yeah. So there's probably a lot of patients who've seen your stuff without kind of really knowing. Exactly. It's so yeah. similar to what I mentioned the health professional <laughs> yeah. side. Yeah. There's plenty of Australians who use our site. I think I was, as I was walking in, we had over 50,000 or something or 45,000 people yesterday using the directory. Wow. So there's yeah huge volumes and 
most people probably don't know HealthShare. So we have to do a lot more on the branding <laughs> side. Yeah. But I guess the good start is that people are using the tools. So hey, that's the that's the hard bit. And then if they if they don't know, then yeah, look, I mean that's 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 a good place to be. So how do you like you've got all these like, I was looking at the website and I kind of know just from from over time, you guys have come up with a lot of different solutions to offer all that kind of stuff you're talking about and there's so much more you guys do as well that i know like i was looking at i think last year if i could get this really wrong but last year you released a, it was like a tool that as a patient you fill it out in the waiting room and that like kind of yep. gives the doctor like information up front but and then are all these tools like called something else i'm not very good at marketing but i put my marketing hat on and i think well if you've got so many different brands out there how to how to people kind of know it's all coming from you and does it even really matter? Yeah, like, it's, it's a great question. One thing that we're pushing hard to do going forward is using HealthShare as the brand and all the other products are products built by HealthShare, the company. Yeah. So in if you look at the logos of the different products, they all say buy HealthShare yeah. underneath. So there, that, there's that reinforcement when people are calling us, it's we're from HealthShare or when we do our outbound, yeah. it's from HealthShare. And that actually works really well because as we launch new products, it's not just who is this fly-by-night company, mm. but here's a company that's been around for 10 years. Yeah. Here's all the other products you're already using of theirs, and here's a new one that can help you in your in your day-to-day -day Makes such work. a difference. So the product that you mentioned earlier is called Better Consult. Right. And that's we are super excited about that as well for the potential it has to change the way that the doctor-patient consultation can exist today. Yeah. And if you think about it from a GP perspective, as a GP... When the patient walks into the consult room, they have no idea why the patient's coming to see them. Mm. So they're not able to control the consultation to focus on the most clinically important areas. Yeah. Uh, the patient typically hasn't thought through their symptoms, so the actual quality of the conversation isn't high because the patient's yeah. sort of on the spot thinking through their symptoms. And they go, um, oh, yeah, and this, and the, and the it, oh, yeah, Exactly, by the way. exactly. Yeah. And meanwhile, yeah. the doctor's having to type on their clinical software yeah. from a documentation perspective, so they're sort of looking away at the computer and they're able to really engage, which is what they want to do. Yeah. Uh, and, and exactly as you say, often patients will talk about something that's most clinically important as they're about to walk out the door. Yes. And then that throws the whole conversation yeah. out uh, and no one benefits from there. So if yeah. you think about all these pain points that exist today, the consultation is not as efficient as it could be hmm. and everyone suffers. Hmm. Doctors are getting more burnt out and are not sp spending time on the things that they love, which is on medicine. Definitely. Patients are not having enough time to spend with the doctor, not focusing on outcomes, hmm. sorry, not focusing on the key things that they want to spend time on. Hmm. Uh, so... That's why we built the product. And mm. as you said, it's a, a pre-consultation clinical questionnaire that a patient fills out before seeing the doctor. Yeah. And we ask them their agenda, so why are they seeing the doctor, yeah. the key clinical information, medications, allergies, past medical history, all in plain layman terms, yeah. and then translate that into a concise medical summary and push directly into the doctor's software so that when you walk in, they get a note saying, um, this patient's filled out a better consult questionnaire. Do you want to view it? They click on yes. And then we bring it up and we show them in bullet point form, the patient's coming for this reason. It started three weeks ago. This yeah. is the severity, all these things. Yeah. And now they've got the notes written, so they're not spending time typing. They know yeah. the agenda so they can focus on it. Yeah. And then they can, and the patient's thought through it even before they walk in the door. Yeah, yeah, totally. So is that... How do they fill that out? Like, has the clinic got to have, like, give everyone iPads and stuff like that? Or is it... We've got a few different ways. Uh, primarily, it's they get an SMS. Uh, we've integrated into the appointment book, and then the patient gets an SMS the day before saying, please fill this out before seeing the that's doctor. Cool. But we yeah. also have a, a tablet version, depending yeah. on what the practice wants. Yeah, yeah, it's up to the practice. No, that's that's awesome. You feel like so many bits of paper in that waiting room, and then it kind of just gets 
it feels like it just gets shredded underneath then you fill it out again the next time but anyway like, yeah. there's, surely there's a better way absolutely and that's really just the start because if you think about it the doctor in their limited five ten minutes that they've got with the patient somehow has to know about every possible combination of information or resources or services that are out there for the patient <laughs> yeah. for the one in front of them and be able to make an informed decision at that point in time yeah and if you think about it you've got not-for-profits, you've got government programs, you've got private health insurance programs, you've got pharmaceutical programs that are all there to, in different ways, support the patient. Mm. But yet the doctor at that point in time for the relevant patient in front of them has no idea necessarily what might my patient be um, suitable or eligible for. Yeah. So where we get really excited is, can we provide all, take all that different information and make it hyper-targeted so for the exact patient in front of the doctor at that time, yeah. they've got at their fingertips what they need to make the best treatment decision. That's that, awesome. That gets us really excited. Yeah, having be better consults around Australia if it results in, in healthier people. That's an amazing thing. The, the, are there... Have you guys got competitors? I, I guess every, there's companies that kind of do like information, I guess, but you've got such a vast array of stuff that you do. How do you even keep up with who's, who you're competing <laughs> with? <laughs> I think we just run our own race yeah. is, is the answer is if yeah. you focus on other people, you're not focusing enough on yeah. you know what you need to do. Yeah. I think what we look at is for each of our products, how do we make it the best that it can be? Yeah. And what are the features that we need? What are the partnerships that we need to make? Mm. How do we ensure that... Yeah, when a tool is being used by either the doctor or the patient, it's as good as it can be and, yeah. and the rest will sort itself out. Yeah, nice. That's tight. So, like, just outside of health, share for a tick. Tell us, about, I'm, I'm curious about Startmate. I mentioned that in the bio, but that's kind of something that you were an original founding partner of or something like that. Tell me a bit more about what that was. Yeah, it's a fantastic program. It was started by a friend of mine, Nikki Shavak, in 2010. And basically it's trying to, It's in 2010, it was really about creating a community of founders uh, and other people who could provide feedback to and, and mentoring advice to startups in the in the ecosystem here. And you sort of look at it 10 years on and the industry has grown, the community's grown so much that it's hard to believe there wasn't anything back in 2010. But Nick yeah. really uh, saw that and together with a group of us, we started off this program and it was really about startups who could use advice from others who had been there before, whether that's around sales and marketing or product or, or whatever it might be, or fundraising. Mm -hmm. uh, we came together and, and incubated a bunch of different companies, had some initial success, and, and the program's really grown beyond anyone's wild imagination since then. And yep. it's, it's so gratifying. I often catch up with the different founders from the Starmate programs and just seeing other people who are passionate about their area of expertise and how they want to change the world in their little area is so yeah. inspiring. Yeah. Uh, it's so it's that, awesome. So that's out. Are there any health companies in there or is it just like any industry startup? It, it's any yeah. any industry. Yeah. I and mean, there's definitely some health tech companies that have come through, but it's it's very broad. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's it's, interesting. it's, yeah. it's awesome. I and mean, there's so much great stuff happening from entrepreneurs in, in the Australian market. Yeah. There's just so many smart people who are driven and and passionate and I think it's a, it's a very exciting time. Yeah. I've always got this like... I don't know other people's thoughts on this, but I've, I've always got this thought that we could, as a country, we can do better at supporting those startups. There's so many innovative ideas that can come out of Australia, but they're always, I look at other parts of the world that do a lot better job in terms of supporting innovation, whether it be through grants and all that. There's bits and pieces that come through here in Australia and all that, but like from your experience, seeing some of those companies come through is 
is fundraising like normally the biggest issue they have or is it some other kind of challenge? Or? I think probably 10 years ago it was. Yeah. I think now, I mean, Nikki then went on to uh, be one of the founders of Blackbird, which is oh, yeah. now a very well-known uh, venture capital firm yeah. here. And uh, there's a few others that have come as well to provide that next level of funding yeah. also. So back then it was very immature. Now there's a lot more funding available to, to founders at, mm. at various stages. Mm. And, and U.S., VCs after Alassian and, and Canberra and some of the big success stories have taken notice of Australia and, and they're also interested in investing. So Yeah, it's going to be crazy to see what the next 10 years brings for, Absolutely. for the, the startup space in Australia. So so just to round it out then, Rami, back on HealthShare, what's, what's like next on the horizon for you guys? So last year we launched in the US, which is a big wow. uh, new stage for us. We were accepted in the Texas Medical Center's uh, TMCX incubator program, cool. uh, which selected 20 companies from around the world to uh, help incubate them inside this incredibly large medical complex. The Texas Medical Center is actually the largest health complex in the world. Wow. Uh, just insane, the, the, the size of it. And we, we were selected with Better Consult to be incubated there. So uh, a colleague of ours moved to Texas last year, and we've now got a handful of practices They're using it in Texas. We're in sort of late-stage late stage discussions with some big health systems and hospital groups there. Nice. Uh, so that's certainly a, a big area for us yeah. in, in the U.S. Um, and in Australia, we're just getting started with better consults, and we think there's huge opportunity across GP and specialist land, continuing to build out that product. And, and on the specialist side, the specialist directory, we still think there's, there's huge upside. So mm. there's no shortage of what we want to focus on just in the areas that we've already got mm. that's just continuing to execute it and do a better job on them excellent super exciting time for you guys lots of things to check out i'll put all the details in the show notes for those that want to check it out rami thanks so much for your time great thanks for having me pete thanks for listening to talking health tech my name is peter birch go check out the website contribute to the forum listen to other episodes and get in touch with feedback about the show because collaboration starts with a conversation speak to you next time